Could be. Oh, you're going to take him, are you? Oh, thank you very much, Suki. Oh, and hello, everyone. Uh, sorry, no time for a full introduction today, as the randomizer has already made today's selection added Space 1999 War Games. Where did they come from? There's no indication on the long range scanner. So, welcome back to the randomizer. Space 1999. It feels like we've been a while since we were last here. I think we, uh, we did the Bringers of Wonder back in March. Nine I remember because I was uh, I recorded that one when I was with COVID. They're war machines. But I don't think we've been to the first series all year, so... Red alert! We not only return to the first series, we return to the first series with a fairly pivotal episode. Uh, it is one that I feel has got some very high highs and also some, some unfortunate lows. We'll get into all of that, because I know this is an episode much beloved by many fans. And quite right, too, for the most part. Firstly, I really like the way that, um, for once, it actually feels like a big deal that we've got these uh, these ships approaching the base. I love how many extras we've got charging around, uh, whether it's just standing in, in corridors looking at composts or, uh, or pilots charging into eagles. Yeah, no, no real question of why we've got ships from Earth, the Hawks, approaching the base. We've got to go out and fight them. Priority one to technical section and launch pad area. Priority two to medical center. Stand by to receive casualties. And here's an interesting uh, layout for medical center. Medical center, I get the impression, is one of the most inconsistent layouts I in the whole show. It seems to change from week to week. And this week, it's got some very big windows in there. Our eagles. I'm sure nothing bad will happen to those windows or the people who stand near them. And uh, speaking of first impressions... Gotta say, right off the bat, these hawks look incredible. Uh, I can see why they're just an instant fan fan favorite. Again, they only appeared in one episode, and yet they have lingered in the minds and hearts of Space 1999 viewers for many years. Uh, several model kits and so forth. No dinky toy, unfortunately, which surprises me. Fifteen seconds. It's an attack, John. Still no signal. Nothing. Yes, interesting that Bergman is the one sort of urging. We can't hold them, Commander. Alpha's wide open. Urging Koenig to retaliate, to go onto a war footing here. Fire! And that's it. One gone. And two. I suspect. I think the last one of these is a cardboard. Yeah, there's a couple of cardboard hawks in there. But because you're not used to the ships, it 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 doesn't really distract. Too easy. Oh well, that's all that taken care of. It was a short episode, but uh, all was well that ends well. A new contact. Uh oh. Yes, there's more of them. Reference three four eight. Somehow, and they're already over the moon. Flight two, cut all checks, lift off. Yeah, don't worry about safety checks on your eagles. Generally, you can take off without safety checks. Eagles, they're usually okay with. Uh, Got ourselves a war without checks. Oh, that's a nice ominous opening, and everyone looks at everyone. It's very serious. Oh, so I, I love, even the title suggests we're in for something quite unusual here. Uh, in case it wasn't immediately obvious from all of the explosions in the this episode sequence that uh, you just didn't just watch, but I did. Here we go. Second wave of eagles. Off to, uh, to deal with the hawks. Don't know where the first lot are. Presumably too far away to get back. And I just love this as a shock. Yeah, eagle debris raining down over main mission, and uh, 
main mission itself. Let's go! Caving in on, on the, the Alphans. And it looks, you can tell on one or two people's faces there. And by one or two, I think I mean probably several. Nobody is prepared for how much debris is being thrown around. And there it goes! The Cardboard Eagle! Three Eagles destroyed, come on. Destroyed on its launch pad. I actually think, although it's it's immediately obvious what you're looking at, I think A, they blow up quite well, but B, I can sort of headcanon that and say, no, 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 Koenig has, has taken inspiration from uh, is it the Second World War where they would build dummy aircraft like that for, for German bombers to destroy. Decompression in the end section. Yeah, so he's probably told Paul, you know, get the Cardboard Eagles on the pad, Paul. But sir, the paint's not dry. Just do it! I launch pads and maintenance section. I also like, there's an extra in this episode. I think she's in a few episodes. Everyone is playing this deadly serious, as you might expect. Even all the extras, to their credit. Except this one woman. Apart from the Eagle crews, we've lost all technicians. On she handed a report to Tanya just then. Two men on the and she was smiling and happy and, and making, you know, you're very welcome kind of faces, as if this is another normal day always notice her. I think she turns up again at the end and uh, has another interesting reaction. But yeah, just looking at the, the faces of the extras and even the leads, Landau is like, oh my goodness, was that part of the ceiling that just fell in? Was that the actual studio ceiling or was that just main mission? It looks very dangerous. We're relying on you, Alan. We'll take care of you. But this was, I, I hate to sound like one of those people, but this was from a day before health and safety ruined everything. I, I kind of, I don't agree that it was a good idea, but I do like the fact that in some shows, and I would count this as one of them, they didn't have too much consideration for the safety of their actors if blowing up the set looked really cool. And speaking of really cool things... Stock music alert... This is uh, a piece called The Astronauts. I can't remember who composed this, but it's absolutely brilliant and perfect for this episode. I kind of get the feeling they were probably considering maybe using Mars the Bringer of War, which they would ultimately do in Space Brain. You know, they were looking for that kind of piece to underscore this, uh, this scene of... Uh, Eagle Flight 1 going up against the uh, second wave of Hawks and uh, basically whooping their bottoms, as we say. Everyone on Alpha is very happy about that. Uh, curiously, not the uh, extra who I commented on being too happy earlier. She's nowhere to be seen. Oh, but uh, two of the Hawks closed in on one surviving Eagle. Pick that one off. This is so epic stuff. And I, I like as well that the Eagles are clearly not designed for space combat. It's just down to the pilots. And obviously, you know, we've got Alan at the controls of one. Doing the best he can, but unfortunately... There's that bit of debris. And uh, yes, Carter's got, got a co-pilot here who's uh, appeared in several episodes. This is... Uh, Pete Johnson. He was in The Last Sunset, which is one we've already done. He was in Alpha Child. Hope they take us for a dead one. Dragon's Domain. Um, I want to say maybe Voyager's Return, but I, I could be wrong there. But he's always um, a good, solid, reliable actor whenever he appears. I like that he gets more screen time in this episode. Is it ready for launch? The lift's still jammed. 
Any more cardboard eagles? No, no, we're not doing that again. So, everything's broken. And before it gets even more broken... Evacuate all non-essential surface areas. Secondary bulkheads will be secured in 30 seconds. We've got to get the extras to safety. Paul, Sandra, Kano, you stay with me. The rest of you get below. I like as well a, a look of sort of shock and acceptance, resignation on some of these people's faces. I like that uh, Sarah Bullen holds on for a moment just to talk to Kano about something. You too, Victor. And of course Victor has to go because... I guess Koenig's thinking, you know, if they get wiped out, someone needs to uh, carry on and Victor's... Well, Victor would do them proud. This is a bit of an unfortunate shot. I like that we have all these extras milling around, but I don't like the fact that they're going down the staircase that is so obviously in main mission. There's no disguising it. Um, maybe they've got a, a duplicate main mission below ground? Who knows? They'll probably need it after the Hawks are done with the actual main mission. And considering this is only episode 17, the amount of destruction on display here, I mean, they break everything on this set. All those working computer props just smashed, exploded. I know there must be an exact way to, um, to trash a regular set and then have it back to working order by next week. But they do make it look very, very broken here. Very very heavily damaged and speaking of a hit on the medical center who knew that installing Ellie! that window is going to cause some problems and i've never been clear on if that window has always been there and they're just shooting the set from like the reverse angle to what they would normally do it's just it's probably me but medical center throughout both seasons of 1999 john do you hear me it seems to change its layout from one week to the next it's never made sense to me it's under control at the moment but i don't know how long it's going to yeah, they've smashed all those monitors. Everything's broken. Sandra, you hold on here. Paul, Carlo, come with me. Yes, Sandra, take charge of the base. It's under the heaviest attack it will ever face. Oh, yes. Lots of explosions on these beautiful model sets. I suspect we might be seeing one or two launch pads that were specially built for this episode. Oh, no, not the stand of small breakable bottles. Bob! Let's go. We have to get everybody out of here. Let's go. Everybody. Yes, Bob is frantically uh, gluing bits of newspaper to the window, the hole in the window with shaving foam. This is another scene where it's interesting to look at the extras as Koenig and Paul and Carno come in to, to help wheel everybody out. An extra I've spoken about before on uh, UFO, I believe, recently, Mike Stevens was lying right by the window. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, he was lying totally immobile. He couldn't move out of that bed. And yet, yeah, oh look, here he is in the corridor. Comforting a nurse. Yes, I know, I know. Apparently none the worse for wear. And there's, like, I think there were one or two other people who were being patients in medical centre who, when we cut to the corridor out here, they're alive and well. And um, yeah, I've waffled all over the death of Dr. Matthias in favour of Mike Stevens. That is a fairly... Oh, a fairly brutal death for that character. Oh, there's Mike Stevens. He got in. He got in Martin Landau's way. Landau was trying to make a, a grand exit, and uh, Mike Stevens was in the way. And Landau just kind of has to fall in step behind him. Yeah, very, uh, very sudden, unexpected death of a regular there. And of course, if any regular is going to die on this show, it's going to be Doctor Matthias before anybody else, because that's just his lot in life. Well, they're going by the book. 
Phosphorus, they eliminate the fighter defenses. Then they killed Dr. Matthias. And the bombers. Yes, and there it is. This long, long model uh, bomber closing over the camera in a very similar way to a certain other sci-fi film that uh, would come along just a few years later. And Koenig has basically told Sandra, that's it. We're doomed. Aww. And again, that's a nice moment of uh, Xenia Merton being as she uh, often said herself, she was the emotional barometer of the show. So I think a nice slow close-up on Sandra and her big wide eyes. That's like, oh, don't hurt Sandra. Alpha's got one laser-equipped eagle left. If they can get it launched. Somehow. Some way, Pete, this one's down to us. And by us, I mean me. But I'll let you take some of the credit. Head up the target display. Give us all the power we've got, Pete. Laser at maximum rate. Anyway, Alan and Pete are closing in on the bomber. And this is where it, we, we, you know, our first moment of, uh, this is a bit unbelievable. One hit from an eagle laser instantly takes out this enormous bomber. Uh, also takes out the your hawk escort, but doesn't take out the eagle. Stop. Take computer. Dear. And again, looking at the costumes here, Landau and Merton, they just look so grubby. Their hair is filthy. Alan, that was terrific. It was the big one. I reckon they meant it for Alpha. It must have been this big, and I took it out by myself. Well, me and Pete. We were just playing dead. How are all of you, anyway? Oh, fine, you. I reckon we can make it back to Alpha. What do you think they've got next? We're relying on you to tell us, Alan. Out. Alan's having a lot of pressure put on him this week. Defend the base, save us from that bomber. Oh, and uh, tell us what their next move is going to be, will you? Alpha, but Alan got in its way. Alan, is he? He's all right. But then that's a very Alan Carter thing to do. Here's the ultimate doomsday weapon. Oh no, it's gone. Alan Carter took care of it. He got in its way. Travel tube to door nine. Corridor nine is safe, and from there you can enter through the commander's office. And we never see those uh, underground bunkers. I assume there's something similar to the catacombs that we see in the second series. But oh my goodness, main mission just looks so broken and smashed. And of course, it wasn't the first time that they'd they'd done this. It was um, in another time, another place, it looks similarly trashed. I just think the production team must have, you know, got scripts like this and just thought, oh no. That's not the bad news. Trashing the set again. 128 dead. Mostly there's no trace of them. Sucked out into space. And that, firstly, is a horrible way to go. Explosive decompression. Survivors. Those that made it below are pretty much all right. Those that didn't, there's just no halfway house. And it was quite, so quite horrifying, really, to see those stuntmen getting sucked out the uh, the open airlocks and such. But also, I like the Helena's mention there of a specific number, 128, um, which is almost 50% of the base personnel. Anyway, we're still alive. And I don't know about you, but I always think at moments like that, sort of who, what characters that we were introduced to off screen before this have died. You know, for every, I don't know, Jim Haynes who made it into the shelters, there was an Eva Zoroff who didn't make it. And uh, four weeks to repair. 
And then, of course, we get this long litany of uh, areas are smashed beyond repair. All the stuff that's broken. Most of the casualties were in the technical department. Oh, slackers. That is not all, Commander. The food production and recycling plants have been very badly damaged. The water is heavily contaminated. So it's Tony's beer for all of us. Nine weeks minimum, but then it would be at least two more months before we could begin cropping. And some nice mentions of off-screen uh, things that Alpha has to do to keep itself alive that aren't really relevant to ongoing stories, except here when we realise just how much the base relies on that stuff. Uh, sure, only be within range of this planet for four days. Beyond that, the um, nearest star system would be at least six months too far. Well, cannibalism it is then. Alan. What? I want you to put an unarmed reconnaissance eagle in a functional launch pad. Hello? Do we have either of those things? No, I don't want you to. Just a minute. I rather thought that they've been trying to tell us to keep away. Victor, the only reason they've stopped firing is because they don't need to bother. Alpha is dead. Now, unless any of you have a better idea, the only course open to us is to go down there, meet them face to face on their own turf, and try to persuade them to talk. I like as well that during this discussion we see a handful of extras milling around in main mission, trying to tidy the place up as best they can. I think I've said it before, I like watching out for extras in this show, and indeed UFO and, and others. If we're unarmed. Sometimes it is quite rewarding. Who knows what they'll believe. This is Moonbase Alpha calling on all frequencies. Please acknowledge. The ship now approaching your planet is unarmed. Oh, there she is. Yeah, there's the um, the lady who I, who I said about was smiling earlier. You can tell you can tell which one. She's got a little bindi on her forehead. We ask for mercy. To She's in a few episodes. I can't remember her name. Casualty list has increased to 131. Why has all this happened to us, Professor? The gods using us for their sport, perhaps. And this is where I think we start to get to. Uh... You know, we've had a, a very effects-heavy first half and a lot of action. And now we're going to slow right down. They've no need to be afraid of us. With sort of vague metaphysical concepts, and that was the beginning of it there, that God's using us for their sport. It's a good line. If it weren't you know, followed by the rest of the episode, I, I might like it more. Oh, no response from the planet. Still nothing, Commander. Maybe they're a race of deaf mutes. With big guns. Should they talk, when they can keep us guessing. And that line... This is obscure, obscure moment time. Yes, that line was used in the uh, EDF Energy commercial. It was on about ten years ago here in the UK. Uh, it's the sort of thing that comes up every so often. Um, someone puts together an advert using old film clips, and uh, yeah, they they um, pulled up that clip from from War Games as part of uh, an EDF Energy commercial, uh, along with clips from uh, Thunderbirds and The Saint. It's beautiful. Uh, I think it's on YouTube, actually. Go and uh, see if you can track that down. It's got... Um, uh, it's not easy being green on the background. Anyway. The Eagle is approaching a city on this uh, alien planet. And it might just be the HD-ness. The uh, alien city looks a bit... systems check out fine. Diddy. Possibly a bit overlit. Hello, Alpha. I mean, obviously, it's still a better alien city model than I could make. Um, because I would just slap together some toilet roll tubes and some glue and call it a day. Manual. Yeah, it is a bit of a letdown. For, for an episode that's so special effects heavy, 
the city is a bit... Ugh. Underground control. Ooh. Is that Major Tom? And stand by for touchdown. But I do like this shot of the eagle landing. Just this platform in the sky. Uh, reminds me a bit of the uh, part of the structure of the London car view in Captain Scarlet. waiting for them outside the hatches, just a white capsule in a white void with spooky noises. And I do like the way the door just uh, just slides closed automatically as uh, Koenig and Helena in their capsule arrive in, uh, well, a room in the alien city with lots of um, blinky, flashy lights. It's all a bit reminiscent of the uh, Kaldorian spaceship from Earthbound, actually. The lights. The colours. Maybe they're part of their language. This is something that they do in uh, Black Sun as well. I think they've put, like, sort of fibre-optic strands near the camera. And because they're so out of focus, it looks a bit, ooh, ethereal and, and weird. It kind of works. Because there's other things going on on that set as well. And when you get it in the soft focus... Anyone here we can talk to? It does look suitably alien until you start to think, actually, what, what function can that possibly serve, those, uh, those strands of fibre optics? But here we go. Here's an alien we can talk to, played by Anthony Valentine, uh, who I have been enjoying recently in Callum. But he's... Uh, Speak, Earthman. State your case. He's bald with a very big head. And I've got to say, these aliens, um... Why did you attack us? They kind of really are nothing roles. Almost anyone could come in and, 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 and say this stuff. It doesn't need a star name attached to it, but they they still got Anthony Valentine. There's many messages to you ever since we've been in range. And I believe, I, I seem to remember, he, he said that uh, he and Isla Blair had a great deal of difficulty getting through their scenes together. You did reply you did so with guns. War machines and bombs. Because they found it so funny, the way they were dressed and, and the way they looked and what they were saying to each other. We're looking for a place to live. We won't use force. All we want is peace. And that's a lovely uh, e emphasis, the differences between Koenig and Helena there. Answer, damn it! Because Koenig comes down very aggressive, as you might expect, considering what happened. And Helena is like, OK, let's just smooth this over. We're not going to hurt anybody. Until we were in range. We just want nice, happy things. And you launched a surprise attack. You killed half my people, destroyed my base, and left us without the means to live. You cannot stay here. We cannot live on Alpha. You have no place in space at all. You deny us our future. You have no future. And it's some great dialogue, all this. Carry with you. Stuff that really, really speaks to the central core of the series. This very pessimistic uh, look at humanity in general. A fatal virus. A plague of fear. And the idea of the Alphans not as, as individuals, but as uh, almost as germs inhabiting or invading this... Uh, this larger, as we're going to find out, this um, planet is a brain, essentially, and uh, all the individuals are part of the brain. And For billions of years. Yes, it's, it is like fighting off a virus, essentially. Ever since we were blasted away from Earth, we've been fighting for survival. We have survived. Now, how, I don't know. There's no rational explanation, but... Oh, no, wait, we've got Alan Carter. That's, that's got us through quite a few problems in the past. 
and the belief that someone or something is looking after us. God, if you like. And we will survive! Some lovely dialogue throughout all this, though. Um, in particular, from Koenig, just, you know, convinced that man has a place in the universe. And, uh... Existence. Yeah, the cold logic of the aliens saying, actually, you're not that important, mate. I refuse to believe we have no future. This is another um, episode I have heavily plundered for clips in various video projects over the years. And of course, uh, wasn't one of these aliens made into a, an action figure or one of the earliest uh, Space 1999 dolls? I'm, I'm sure the male alien was, was part of the initial range of, of dolls for the series, released in the UK and, and other regions. This equipment, whatever it is, they depend on it. I don't know how I know that, but I'm just guessing. John, violence is not the answer. I can't accept their judgment. Don't take out your frustration on their stuff. Oh. Male alien's out of the case. He's got a gun. And female alien had a gun as well. And that's it. Koenig is dead. Oh, dear. Still no word from the commander? No. Well, just one. Help! The launch pad's one and five are operational. At least enough to get the eagles away. If that's what we want to do. Nothing else we can do. Start Operation Exodus. Ah, there it is. Time to evacuate the base. And I kind of wish there had been more focus on that throughout this episode, particularly the second half. I think some of what's about to come is quite good, and some of it gets a bit silly. And we're coming up on one of the sillier aspects here. Because with Koenig dead... No! Helena is alone with the aliens... Russell, do not be afraid. ...who recognise her as an ally because she said nice things to them. So just have a random freak out, and we'll put you in a box. Yes, she's now in one of the cabinets, uh, with the aliens, now dressed in their clothes. Do not be afraid. We just changed your clothes without permission and sealed you in a box. No fear. Nothing to fear. And instantly Helena seems sort of, um... Plugged into the alien mentality. Possibly given some of their power. She's certainly taken on the same kind of glassy expression on her face. You can share our power. Some might say that's uh, that's uh, standard for Dr. Russell. I wouldn't be so mean. But it is a, a nice idea of, of giving one of the Alphans the chance to be tempted by this power. And essentially you know, joining joining the opposition and almost becoming one of them. Um, yeah, Helena has now used the power to bring Koenig back to life. And there she is, to his horror, waving at him from a glass cabinet. I love the way he instantly goes to his gun again as well. It's like, well, this didn't work last time, but maybe if I shoot more things, it'll work this time. And it's it's great, it's interesting actually as well that Instantly, she seems to have lost the ability to communicate with him. Even though she can still communicate with the aliens via speech, she's already operating on a slightly different wavelength to a normal human. Again, it's one of these things that, you know, there's no real explanation for, but Koenig kind of has to accept that uh, she's essentially been taken over or co-opted by the aliens. So he's getting out of there. All equipment and maintenance fires should I have a contact. It's a commander's eagle. Hello, Alpha. Hey. Hello, Alpha. More extras who are very happy to uh, 
or to be on screen, but also to hear from the commander. But we'll have to fight for a foothold. Alan, I want you to bring out the last of the laser-equipped eagles. We'll rendezvous with this position, then I'll transfer to your ship. Right, Commander. Victor? Yes, John? As soon as Alan's clear, I want you to evacuate Alpha. Well, I can't guarantee what you'll find here, but... It's all right, John. Everyone's prepared to take the chance. Good. If I'm not there to meet you, land on open ground and consolidate your position. And that's something that I wish this episode had done more with. Possibly a second series version of this might have done it. You're about Alpha for me. Say hello to... Alpha relocating to the planet and then having to hold their position from, I don't know, maybe the aliens would turn the environment against them or something, but just some sort of last stand for all of them rather than one or two select characters as we're ultimately going to get here. However, the fact that we do not get that doesn't really matter because we're going to come up here on uh, one of the most famous and uh, the last eagle's ready for liftoff. probably best-loved scenes in the show's history. You have three minutes, Professor. Certainly uh, for fans of Professor Bergman. No gets to record last entry for Alpha's log. Uh, <laughs> and it's very in, in character that it begins with, um, uh... We came from planet Earth, and we built this space called Alpha to learn more about space. But human error blasted this moon out of the Earth's orbit. Sandra and Paula at the porthole staring out the window, holding hands searching for a place to live. Sandra's trying to hold back tears. Oh. And Carno's over the other side of the room just here. Looking at the old place. And we go to face an uncertain future. One last time. On the planet that has nearly destroyed us. You whoever you are who find this empty vessel of Alpha. Come and seek us out, if we still exist. Come and teach us all you know, because we have learned many things, but most of all, we have learned We still have much to learn. Oh, it's a beautiful moment. It's beautiful dialogue, supremely performed by Barry Morse. And then just that last look to the ceiling. Goodbye, Alpha. And for all you hear in his comments about working on the show over the years, how he felt that it wasn't everything it could have been, there are moments like that where you can see he is clearly so invested in the role and the world and the show and... Oh, more moments like that would have been great. But there we go. They're leaving Alpha, which is wrecked. They've even wrecked the matte painting. I also like when you see Alpha ev evacuated. They always take the desks with them. Not just the stuff that was on the desks. They take the desks. They must be fun to store in the evacuation eagles. Just wondering if there's any future at all. Oh, dear. Well, this is going to be a fun trip. For Paul? Am I a prisoner? You are free to walk where your mind has the will to take you. So you're probably not getting out of this box anytime soon. Am I free to walk out of here? If your mind can find a way. Yes, a lot of this dialogue from this point on, it 
gets a bit redundant. It gets a bit sort of flowery. It's all a bit. You and win space on this planet. I don't know, metaphysical for the sake of being metaphysical and fanciful, and it doesn't really lead to much. Helena's indoctrination into the world of the aliens from this point on. He is very much afraid that we will stop him. Will you? No. Well, they will, so uh, I don't know what that means. Ah, anyway, Alan has rendezvoused with Koenig. They're going to switch eagles. All right, Pete. Off you go. Pete's going to fly Koenig's eagle back to the um, fleet of oncoming eagles, which is already heading in this direction anyway. And Koenig and Alan are going to go on with... Uh, Alan, head for the planet. I'll brief you as we go. The laser-equipped eagle. Oh yeah, you fly her, Alan. Then when we crash, it'll be your fault. Yes, for the aliens said we're not going to stop Koenig from uh, landing on this planet. Looks like their defense is fully alert, Commander. We're just going to put up our defense rings and stop him from landing on the planet. Yes. Ooh, blue defense rings making everything wobble. Oh, there's a microphone. Yeah, the, the Eagle cockpit set is, is shaking. Because this is very stressful on the ship. Um, yeah, there's uh, what looks like a, a microphone on the top left of the screen. Can't do it! She'll break up! We've got to do it! It's our only chance! Whose idea was this again? I don't think we thought this through! She's breaking up! Eject! Yes, uh, eagles have uh, ejection systems. I don't know why we never saw those before or since. Could have come in handy for one or two people, although it hasn't done much for Carter, who is uh, spinning away into space with a smashed visor. Oh dear. Alan! We've lost Alan. That's it. C close it all down. Strike the series. Abandon the human race. We've lost Alan Carter. It's all over. Yes, and I, I gather this was uh, an episode, a script that was sent to ITC America to review before it was filmed and uh, they sort of vetoed it saying you can't kill off the cast because they hadn't read the ending or maybe they just uh, didn't understand all this unlike your human brain this will never die it has been developed over generations and grows with each life that is lived in it but why life and death if the brain is permanent we are not. And this is an interesting idea for a, a race of aliens. This almost, you know, they, they all, each individual is part of a larger whole, which I suppose is a metaphor for society, but they, they also use the idea of it being a brain. Not just a community, but a brain, because, uh, as is often the case in Space 1999, you either have to be brain orientated or heart orientated there's no there's not always the middle ground that is a very interesting idea for an alien race and i think if you were going to explore it mankind is full of fear you need to take a whole episode rather than just this sort of into our brain 15 minutes of of essentially waffle because we're told but we don't get to see any of it come i suppose it is hard to see our world is in perfect balance what he's saying here have been resolved but it's desires of individual it's ultimately just conveyed with a, a shot of barbara bain looking a bit um 
stoned and various rings forming around her head. Spiritual impulses in this great combination of brains that is our harmonious world. Yeah, he's just saying, we're great. You should be like us. We wear lilac pyjama thingies. Yeah, I, I struggle with the second half of this episode. Whenever it comes up on like a rewatch, I always think, oh yeah. And then I remember actually all the good stuff is kind of concentrated in the first half. And when you get to the second, it's it's still good. But you know, there are flashes of brilliance like this. Hallucination. A slow and peaceful drift through dream. Well, th these are just Koenig's thoughts about being adrift in space. The ultimate negative. And as I've said before, I think I said in, in UFO recently, I've always found the image of a lone space-suited figure spinning into space very haunting. This is uh, an, a particularly impressive image, just Koenig receding into the distance in front of this beautiful map painting. While Koenig just... Uh, John Koenig from planet Earth. Provides his own epitaph, essentially. Ninth and last commander of Moonbase Alpha. John, come back. He has faced death. He has conquered his fear. Hooray! This is a good thing. I want him back. As he was. I am afraid of death. I don't want your world! So Helena, who was the one who was welcomed in, has uh, you know, still got the fear that keeps her from truly being part of the brain. With all his faults and fears! But it sounds like Koenig is um, now the kind of person they were looking for. We are what we are! And I believe on, on first broadcast, this was like the fourth episode shown in the UK. I think in, in possibly in other broadcast orders, it's maybe shown as episode two. This must have been quite uh, quite a shock for viewers at the time. Yes! Not only to see the whole base trashed and uh, several characters destroyed, but just dealing with this. You didn't really get much on, on TV at this time that was... Um, quite so you know i wouldn't say that it poses a lot of questions but it it kind of throws out a lot of um a lot of words that some people might tap into and others might not so having brought koenig back down from space to the planet what's he gonna do well he's koenig one blast from his laser he's blowing everything up literally everything because he didn't learn squat. Mr. He's Conquered His Fear has now broken everything. Yes, with one shot from his laser. And if this were a, a longer episode, or if this were made as a series finale, I could, I could kind of buy it, a downbeat ending to this show, where Alpha is trashed and Koenig makes a, a final fatal mistake that just dooms them all as it is it's um it, it he just comes across as a bit a bit of a uh well like they say he's very primitive he isn't learning from any of his mistakes and um yep having blowed up everything with one shot there's helena lying among the debris the only thing he cared about but she's not dead. Wouldn't you know it? She's the only thing he didn't manage to blow to bits, because now even the model city is blowing up. 
I suppose that's one explanation for why, as I said, it wasn't a very convincing city. They knew they were going to have to blow it to bits, so uh, there it goes. And because that explosion wasn't big enough, we have... Nuclear weapons stock footage! And this, I feel that the inclusion of this is just completely silly. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's just so obvious. It's obviously footage from Earth that we've seen a hundred times before. Despite the fact that you've tinted it red. It is the biggest explosion. You know, and we fade to black. We come back. Koenig and Helena were at ground zero of a nuclear explosion. Barely a scratch on them. Ah, oh dear. And all that from one blast of Koenig's laser. It is silly. Oh. I like what they were maybe trying for here. There's some nice themes there of, you know, of humanity destroying itself, but... Turn back! Some of the visuals... You're gonna die. Just get a bit mad. You might as well die on Alpha. Oh. And again, just, I'd love to know what happened after that point. The Alphans have nowhere to die, as Victor says. But now, doodly doodly doodly, we're back at the beginning. Seconds. It's an attack, John. A chance to put it all right. And not open fire on the Hawks. Can't hold them, Commander. Who have been demonstrably shown to be very dangerous. But suddenly Helena shows up. Alan, hold your fire. And there's the lady. There's the lady again. She's uh, sort of... It's an order. She's doing what? Huh? What? Overacting. Uh, just behind Koenig. No, I wouldn't even say overacting. She's just... Uh, she's sweet. I like her. I don't know who she is. But yeah, by not firing, the hawks disappear. So the Alphans have learned the valuable lesson. Alien contact. Lost. That if you shoot at a dangerous thing, more of the dangerous thing will come and shoot you. And if you don't shoot a dangerous thing, the dangerous thing will go away by itself. Alan. Yes, Commander. Return to base, Alan. Cancel red alert. Well, that's that then. And it's interesting... Bob. Who remembers what happened at the end of this episode? There's, uh, Dr. Matthias is still alive. We have to establish that. Alan is still alive. We have to establish that. Does this mean we can go down to the planet? No. For God's sake, how much more do we have to put you through? Trust you will stay away. But it's interesting, yeah. Who at the end of this episode actually remembers what happened? It's clear Helena does. To a certain extent, Koenig does. Almost. And Victor, almost. Here to attack you. Were created in your own mind. By your own fears. Uh-huh. Our only defense was to make your fears appear real. We could have let you go on your way completely undisturbed. Shown you the possible consequences of a decision we hope you will not make. But we chose not to do that. And it's interesting, the next episode in production order, do you know what happens? Koenig is presented with a, an alien ship, and his approaches shoot first and ask questions later. I can't remember. Because he didn't remember anything from the end of this episode, so that, that entire lesson is completely pointless. Here. Oh, dear. Very strange. Beautiful. You lost it. So, we had something nice, we're not entirely sure what it was, none of us remember any of it, the end. Um, wow. That is, um, 
a very difficult ending to talk about because I just think the wheels come off the ending dramatically there. What were the aliens trying to accomplish with a lesson that no one can remember and clearly nobody learned from? But despite that, a fantastic first half, so much action, so many wonderful special effects, so much drama, the second half kind of tries to keep it going, but it doesn't quite get there, and by the end, uh, still overall thumbs up, but it's... 